everybody. Welcome to Life Awakening. Let's talk about it. I'm your hostess with Moses, Coach Kelly Tammy, out here in beautiful Baltimore, Maryland. Still this week, I go back home on Tuesday. I am just enjoying a little bit of vacation time and some downtime after doing the seven-day podcast blast and the launch of my book on July 4th. Guys, I am so freaking excited. I am so freaking thankful. I am so freaking grateful to each and every one of you that helped me support my dream. So I'm going to give you a few numbers real quick. From the last podcast, I told you I was number 26, I think it was, in abuse self-help. And I actually went all the way up to number three abuse self-help and got number one Listen, I got number one new release. And so I was super excited about that. I made it up to, in the overall Amazon bestseller rankings, we made it to 2026, which was huge because I started at over 253,000 back. So just to give you guys a little background on how significant that really is, did you know there are over 8 million books available on Amazon? 8 million plus books on Amazon and we made it to rank 2026. I'm so freaking stoked about that. You know, I know the goal was to hit number one bestseller and that's still the goal. Just because we didn't hit it on launch day doesn't mean that it is not going to happen. So the data is still coming in on how many books we sold because they don't show me what actually was sold until it's shipped. So that's what I'm waiting on now. Right now, there's, what's today? Today is Sunday. So there was 45 books shipped on Friday, 33 books shipped on Saturday. And so far this morning, there's been seven more books shift, shipped today. So they're still coming in and I'll have more totals for you later. But, and then even in the motivational self-help category, which is the biggest and most competitive category that there is motivational self-help and I I jumped in that one because I know that my book will motivate and it is definitely a motivational self-help even though I share a lot of parts of the darkest part of my story but without the darkest part of my story the part of my story where I am right now is insignificant so I feel like you know that's where I belonged and I was willing to take on the competition of big names like Rachel Hollis and Tony Robbins and all of them because that's that's where they're that's the category that they're in and I made it all the way up to number 185 to me that is huge huge a huge jump and I even sold like six Kindle books and Kindle was not my focus because just looking at the the calculators it was going to be much more difficult to hit number one bestseller in Kindle but I may have those calculators may not be right because I only sold six and I I you could double all of my numbers as far as like rankings and each of those and where I finished up was number 85 abuse self-help in sexual abuse I finished the highest I was and this was at midnight on the 4th I finished number 57 in sexual abuse and I figured finished 217 in motivational so that's like I said that was just with six books sold for uh, Kindle. So I, I'm I'm going to put together another promotion and I'll probably focus just on Kindle on this next one and get it going. But you know, that's enough about, about the book sales. I, I, again, I just want to tell each and every one of you that purchased a book 
and or put purchased a Kindle. It doesn't tell me who my buyers are unless you happen to reach out to me and you tagged me and said, hey, I got your book. I have no idea who you are. So I'm just doing a blanket. Thank you so much from the very bottom of my heart. I love you to the moon and back and you are the bond.com. So this week's podcast is about stop getting ready. And I said that stop getting ready. Like if you're always getting ready, then you're never going to be ready. Think about that. Listen to that again. Stop getting ready. Because if you're always getting ready, you're never going to be ready. So what does that exactly mean? You hear me talk about all the time about you are where you are because of how you think, correct? You also hear me tell you all the time that your subconscious does not know the difference between a truth and a lie. So your subconscious knows what you tell it and everything that you tell it is a truth. So if you think about that for a second, and I'm going to go back to drug addicts because there's a lot of drug addicts in my family and I had a front row seat and I did my, it's all in my book. I did a lot of recreational drugs when I was in the darkest part of my depression. I was never addicted to them. I wouldn't allow myself to become addicted to them. They were a means to an end because I was doing a job that I hated and I needed to be numb enough to be able to do that job. And so that's what I did. I didn't, I didn't want to face the reality that I was in. And so that's why I was doing that. Then when I left the dark world of dancing, I walked away from all of the recreational drugs, walked away from all of the alcohol. Now I might have a glass of wine or a drink when I go out socially, but it's not something that I have to do or that I desire to do at all. And I've not touched any recreational drugs since then at all, not once. So that's just, you know, to give you a, a, a little bit of background, if this is the first podcast of mine that you're listening to. So if your subconscious believes everything that you tell it, think about a drug addict. They have a pain point. They have something that they're trying to run from, the reality that they've created. Somebody hurt them. They're not feeling loved. They're not feeling enough. They struggling with their job. They're struggling with relationships whether that relationship is a romantic relationship, whether that's a relationship with their family, yada, yada, whatever. They're hurting and they don't know how to stop hurting. So they do the drugs. The drugs make them feel numb to their current reality. In their mind, that is a win because now they don't hurt anymore. They've now told their subconscious, this is good for me because I don't hurt anymore when I do this. So every time they feel that pain or they feel that hurt or they feel that disappointment, their subconscious cues them to do the drug so they can reach the reward of being numb. The subconscious doesn't know that the drug is slowly killing them or will kill them if they continue. It just, it knows what it's been told. This is a good thing because I don't hurt anymore when I do this. So now let's equate that to what this particular podcast is about. Stop getting ready. If you're always saying, I've got to get ready, I've got to get ready, I've got to get ready. I'm getting ready for this next big opportunity. I'm getting ready for this next big job when it comes up. I'm getting ready for this. You've told your subconscious, I'm always getting ready. So when the opportunity comes, your subconscious says, no, you're still getting ready. So if you're still getting ready, then you're not ever going to be ready. So what if you just shifted that mindset for just a moment to the words, you know what, I'm ready for whatever comes available. I've been, I've been getting ready, but now I'm ready. 
And even whether you believe you're ready or not, taking that step toward that opportunity, taking that step toward that job, taking that step toward whatever it is that you're working towards is going to catapult you into a whole new level of life that you can't even comprehend at this time. So before I jump all up in this, because I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to be all up in your grill, just like I was at last week's podcast. I'm going to get super passionate about this. I'm already pacing, walking across the room. So strap up, get you something to drink, and let's get it in. So let's listen to my sponsors because they are thebomb.com. And I will be right back with Stop Getting Ready. Hey, everybody. This is Coach Kelly Tammy. I hope you are really enjoying the Life Awakening podcast. And I wondered, did you know that you can actually get paid to listen to my podcast? I know it sounds really crazy, but it's true. I just found this awesome new app. It's called PodCoin, and you actually get paid to listen to my podcast or any other podcast that you want to listen to. Here's how it works. You listen to the podcast and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin into gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you choose, you can donate it to a PodCoin charity of your choice. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Go right now and download the app on your iPhone or Android, and I have a special code for you. Simply use the code LIFEAWAKENING, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to enough podcasts on here, you'll get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with the code LIFEAWAKENING. I swear it'll change the way that you listen to podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this awesome show today of Stop Getting Ready. And so I'm going to pick up where I left off. You are where you are because of how you think. Everything that you tell your subconscious is the truth. A habitual thought will get you a habitual result. Listen to that again. We are where we are because of how we think. You take you with you. A habitual thought will get you a habitual result. I say you take you with you. No matter where it is you go, you take you with you. So if you haven't healed or you haven't changed the way it is that you think about a certain situation or a circumstance or a person, you are going to continue to think that way. You're going to continue to feel that way. You have to heal. You have to change your perspective if you want your life or your circumstances to change. It is a scientifically proven fact. Hell, it's a fact in my life. I am a walking billboard for all of that. When I, 10 years ago, when I was going into the darkest part of my depression and living that life, all of my thoughts were negative. I talk about it all the time. On my Facebook post, you can see 60 to 1 negative post to 1 positive post. Somebody see a positive post and it's like, yes, there is light inside her. It's there somewhere. And then I'd post something negative. They'd be like, damn, Gina, like, hang on. Come on. Can, can we string two of those together? It wasn't until 2012 when I passed my personal trainer exam that I started stringing more of those positive thoughts together. And so let me tell you a little secret about that. Me stringing those positive posts together and I didn't, I didn't put two and two together until probably when I was writing my book, but I didn't put two and two together. I was forcing myself to be positive. I was flipping stuff because I knew that 
if I continue to think those negative thoughts or allow those negative thoughts to get too much momentum, I would go backwards. And going backwards was not allowed in my head. I continually told myself, oh, we ain't going back. I don't care what the fuck happens. I ain't going back. I'm not going back to, to the depression. I'm not going back to that lifestyle. I'm not going to go back to dancing. I'm not going back to Alabama for damn sure. I said, if my kids and my family and, and my best friends were not in Alabama, my, my happy ass would never set foot back in that state ever. And I said this in my Instagram stories today, like it's hard to heal in the place that broke you. And I, I didn't know what I didn't know then. I didn't know that changing my thoughts would change my outcome. I didn't know that my habitual thoughts were going to get me habitual results. Not consciously. I had not started doing personal development at that point in time outside of just becoming a personal trainer and studying. It was after I passed that test that I told my son, hey, I don't want to go backwards. I know that the way that I have been doing things has gotten me really shitty results and I know that I have to make me a better person. I know that I have to change me from the inside out. I know that I have to teach me how to think better, how to do better, how to become better. And I don't know where that starts. Can you recommend some books for me so that I can start working on how I think, how I feel and how to grow so that I can become a better person? Can you help me find a church here in Atlanta that is something similar and has the same grounding beliefs of the church that we went to together back in Birmingham so that I can work on my spiritual growth as well. Because I know, or I feel, I can't say that I knew, but I felt like those were two key components to me becoming a better me. I was 100% right. I had to change how I thought. I knew that if I kept thinking those depressive thoughts, I knew how it felt when I thought those depressive thoughts. I knew how angry and how hurt I was. I knew what it felt like to be in the gym and do those angry ass fucking workouts every day, sometimes two times a day. I didn't like being angry. I didn't like being sad. I didn't like feeling those depressive things and working out angry made me feel better afterwards. But there, while I was working out and in that racquetball room, I had tears, man. I was pissed off and angry and there were lots of tears. I didn't want to cry anymore. I was tired of crying. I was tired of hurting. And I, I would do, at this point in time, I had passed that test, I, I would do anything to not go back. So if it meant scaring the hell out of myself and learn and having to teach me how to be a better me, because the habitual thoughts had gotten me habitual habits and got me results. It was that I didn't like, I knew that I was going to have to change dramatically. I was great in school. I was a great, but somebody else was teaching me. Monkey see, monkey do, man. I say that all the time, even in business, you know, when you're cultivating your circle of influence, find somebody that you want to be like and mimic what they do. They're throwing breadcrumbs. They're leaving a trail of what it is that they did. Hell, if you're ask them, reach out, send an email like, hey, like I need a mentor. Can I let me be an apprentice? Let me follow you around. Let me work for freaking free and figure out how to do what it is that they do. Most people that are in that arena, they will allow you to follow them around. A lot of times they don't have the 
They don't have the time to sit down and have an hour, two hour conversation and let you pick their brain. But they do have work that needs to be done. And if you're willing to be apprentice and work for free, you can learn while you work. So lost my whole train of thought. <laughs> like, oh, the monkey see, monkey do, following the breadcrumbs. So when you're following the breadcrumbs of what somebody else does, when I was in school, somebody else was teaching me what to do. Now I had to teach me what to do. I had to pick up a book. I had to read that book. I had to pull out the most significant things out of that book. And not only did I had to pick out the most significant things out of that book, I had to apply those lessons and those things to my life and make a positive change. I had zero clue what I was doing. I had zero clue as to whether or not it would work. I had, I don't want to say I had zero belief that it would work. I had enough belief grounded in facts that I was a great student in school. I took great notes and I made A's and B's without having to try very hard. That was, I had proof positive that I could learn easily. I had proof positive that I could learn by taking notes. I had proof positive that I could pass the test and I could make a good grade. Well, if I could learn easily by taking notes, I could take a test and I could make a good grade and that could move me forward, then that also means that even though I didn't have somebody telling me what to do or what to read or what spots to read in a book, that I was smart enough back then, which means I still had the smarts, even though I was 44 years old, I was still smart enough. I just had to redevelop the habit in order to make that change. So remember what I said in the beginning, habitual thoughts will get you habitual results. So now I had to regenerate, recreate, restoke the fires of the habit of becoming a good student. Not only becoming a good student, but also becoming a good teacher. Not only teaching myself, but eventually teaching other people. Teaching myself was number one. I had no idea at that point in time that I would become a life coach. I, I was a personal trainer. I, had, I, I knew how to do that. I knew how to work myself out. I had been an athlete my whole life. And now I had a certificate that said I was certified to coach other people. Now I had to certify myself in coaching myself. I had to teach me how to be a better me. But what I didn't realize that I was doing was I was also coaching my best friend, Teresa. She was going through a hard time. She has got a whole chapter in my book where I share about her abusive relationship that she was in for 14 years. I was life coaching her out of that relationship the whole entire time I was healing me and teaching me how to be a better me. I was life coaching her how to get out of that relationship spiritually because I was teaching me how to have a spiritual, a better spiritual life. I was healing my spiritual self. I was learning the art of forgiveness, not only by forgiving other people, but by forgiving myself. I was teaching her or coaching her how to forgive and how to forgive herself. That was the hardest part for her as it was for me. It was an epiphany. I had no idea that I needed to forgive myself. I never even thought about it. But when I realized that I had not, you'd have thought Niagara Falls had opened up in my eyes because the floodgates opened and I bawled. And then I went to the mirror 
And I told myself, I love you. I forgive you. I am proud of you. Now, if you've never done that, and I talk about mirror work all the freaking time in my podcast, I've had people, Meg, hey Meg, how you doing? Meg Witten did those things and it changed her life in that moment and changed the trajectory from where she was at to her new path, which was absolutely phenomenal right now. And she's just bought my book. She bought the Kindle of my book. I've got another girl, Julie, who's a friend of mine, bought my book, started reading, couldn't put it down, got to the place, that place right there where I'm talking about, where I got up in the mirror and I said, I forgive you and I love you and I'm proud of you. That was transformational for her because she thought she had forgiven herself as well. And she was like, I've got more work to do that. Thank you for writing this book. No wonder it's a success. Thank you for finding me in this lifetime. I needed this. There's no coincidences. So me recultivating those habitual thoughts of I'm a good student. I made good grades in school. I'm, it's easy for me to learn. That was the thought. That was the thought that I leaned into. It's always been easy for me to learn because I'm a good student. I'm great at taking notes. And when I take great notes, I don't have to try very hard to pass the test because I retain that knowledge so easily. I have a photographic memory. When I highlight things, when I underlight things, underline things, and I read them back to myself, I instantly remember them. That is a gift that I have. So it's easy for me to learn. I just have to apply the time. I just have to apply myself. I have to schedule time to do this. Now, John Maxwell is one of my, I call him my mentor, even though I don't know him personally because his books, he talks about all the time. You have to have a plan for your personal development. You have to schedule your personal development. You have to schedule time to read. You have to schedule time to take a class. You have to schedule what it is that you want to learn about in order to grow. I talk about this all the time. In the Bible, it says people without a vision perish. If you're not learning, if you're not growing, you're dying. That was a very real thing for me because I was depressed and I had a stare down with a bottle of sleeping pills. I wanted to die. I did not want to breathe anymore because my habitual thoughts were giving me habitual results that I fucking hated. I hated me. I hated my life. I hated the reality that I had created. So I had to change my habitual thoughts. I had to change my habits in general. I had to go back to habits that I know got me results that I wanted, which was being a good student, taking good notes, reading, and doing things that made me happy versus looking at the things that were generating bad results and having my little pity party, living in my victim. So this is probably gonna sting a little bit. I mean, that's why I keep saying, you take you with you. So what are the, I want you to think about this. What are the things in your life that you do well? Were you a good student in school? Was it you could have been a good student in school, but the people you hung around with made fun of you because you were a nerd or made fun of you because you were smart. So you dumbed yourself down to be liked. You wanted to be loved. You wanted to be part of the group or part of the clique. So you did whatever you had to do to fit in. But you knew you were smart. 
You knew that you could do great things, but you dumbed it down to fit in. Or were you bullied because you were smart? And so you played stupid not to get bullied. Like all of those are very real things. I saw those things go on in, in my schools that when I grew up. And it's probably more prevalent now than it ever was. They say we have anti-bullying policies, but they don't do shit about it, which, you know, that's a podcast for another thing. I may do a whole podcast on bullying and get some teachers in and do a whole, um, do a whole Q&A about that. So if any of you have got some knowledge about the bullying, if you were bullied, if you're a teacher and you would like to talk about that subject, please reach out to me at Tammy at TammyLoftus.com and let's set that up and let's have some dialect about that because I, I really do think that's something that needs to be addressed and because it carries on over into our adulthood and we want this world to be a better place, man. That's why I do this podcast. That's why I wrote my book, Dear Victim, It's Time for Us to Break Up Now. Like we all have this inner victim that we have to break up with and you've got to figure out what that victim is for you. My victim was poor pitiful me. All these things happened to me. I, ha I was depressed. I was sexually abused. I have lost everything that I owned, all my money, my job, my house, my business, uh, my cars, lost it all four times in my life. I was not lovable. Every guy that I'd ever been with and broke up with me and uh, all this other stuff was happening and I blamed everybody else and I lived in my pity party, which caused me to have a stare down with a bottle of sleeping pills, which almost took my life. I had to change everything. That also included changing my surroundings. And when I mean changing my surroundings, I got the hell out of Birmingham, Alabama, because that's where the majority of my pain was. That's where the group of friends, or I call friends, they were, probably, they were more acquaintances. There are a few of them that are still there that I call friends, that we still have communication with each other and we talk on a regular basis. But I had to change my surroundings. So I talk about this too. Energy never dies. Energy never dies. So if you were in a place, a physical place, and all you felt was negative energy in that negative place, just because you leave and you, you change in the new place that you're at, but you come back, you still feel that negative energy. The energy never dies. That energy will always be there. When I go back home to Birmingham, I spend time with my family. I spend time with my kids, with my brother and my nephews and my sister-in-law. I spend time with my grandchildren. I spend time with my best friend. And I have a few other friends that I'm real selective that I hang out with. Might go shoot some pool. But outside of that, there's no negative energy allowed in my personal space. If you come at me with something negative, I give you something positive to flip it. You come at me with something negative, I'll flip it one more time. And if you still go negative, bye, Felicia. Boy, bye. You got to go. Up to the nosebleed section. Keep your ass up there. You're not allowed down here in my VIP. I, 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 I'm just not. You're not going to infect my positive energy that I got going on. And generally, uh, seven days is about all I can take in Birmingham because I just, I feel suffocated when I'm there. And I've done a lot of energy clearing. I've done a lot of energy work trying to correct how I feel about that, to clean up my own energy about that. But it's, a, it, it's not that my energy is, is messed up around that. It's that energy never dies, that area. I was never meant to stay in Alabama. So things had to happen to me in order to make me change so that I would get the hell out. That's what that was about. And I did that and I changed my life. So don't be afraid to pick your ass up and fucking move, man. 
That's never a bad thing. I came out to California, no net. I changed and, and I talked about this in my book. When I left Alabama, I was running away. I was running away from all the hurt and the drama and the pain of all the things that had happened to me and, and lots of it self-inflicted. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to say that it wasn't everybody that was in my life. The things that I did, I said yes to. I said yes to everything that happened to me, except for when I was a young child. I had no control over any of that. But as an adult, everything that happened to me, I said yes to. I said yes to taking drugs. I said yes to drinking alcohol. I said yes to dancing. I said yes to partying on the weekends. I said yes to giving somebody a ride. I had no idea that they were going to pick up, pick up 4,000 pills and put them in my car and that they were using me as a mule. I was offering a so-called friend a ride. I said yes. I had to suffer the consequences of my yes. Trusting somebody that I had no business trusting. Because in my mind, in the, state of, in the state of mind that I was in at that point in time, if you partied with me, we, we drank together, we did drugs together, and we partied on the weekend, you was my friend. That's the dumbest idea I've ever had in my life. Absolutely the dumbest fucking idea I've ever had in my life. And I learned from that. That was a lesson. Your habitual thoughts get you habitual results. I called myself, I was getting ready for a new opportunity, a new job. I knew this, I knew that. I was always getting ready, but I never, when something was to come up, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do that or not. Because in my mind, I was getting ready. I wasn't ready. You, know, you, you hear all the, the gurus say all the time, you're never going to be ready. You're never always going to be 100% ready. When you, you just have to make the decision and I say there's power in decision. I say that in every freaking podcast, there is power in decision. If you make the decision and say, you know what? I love the job that I have, but I see no forward progress in it. I see no way that I can move up and make the money it is that I want to make, have the success it is that I say that I want to have. So I'm going to open myself up to opportunities and I'm ready to accept the right opportunity that's going to come up, that's going to level up my life, level up my family's life and get me to where it is that I want to go, to get me financially where it is that I want to go, to get me emotionally where it is that I want to go, to get me professionally where it is that I want to go. If your spiritual life is what it is that you need to work on, what are you going to do to cultivate that? Is that finding a church that you want to go to? Is that learning how to meditate? Is that... Finding a prayer group. Is that reading your Bible more? What, what does that look like to you? Is that finding a spiritual teacher to help you? Is that finding a yoga group that meditates and does the meditative yoga? There's all kinds of ways to cultivate your spiritual well-being. So you've got to figure out what that is, but you also have to know where you are and where you want to go. You got to drop your pin on the Google Maps of life in order to figure that out. It's not getting ready, it's I'm ready for change. I'm ready for the challenge. I'm ready to get to the next level. Whether I'm 
ready or not, I'm, I'm ready and open to the opportunity. And when the right opportunity comes, I'm going to follow my intuition. I'm going to follow my gut instinct and I'm going to say yes. I am not going to overthink it. I am not going to ask 15 of my friends who ain't doing shit with their life that's still stuck on the same fucking merry-go-round that they've been on for the last 20 years and say, hey, do you think this is a good opportunity? Because their answer is always going to be no. Because for them, the answer would be no, because they're too afraid of change. They're too afraid of leveling up their life, but they want to bitch moan and groan that their life's not changing because their habitual thoughts are getting them habitual thoughts. I mean, their habitual thoughts are getting them habitual results and they're okay with being average. You should be fucking allergic to being average. That's just the truth. If, you, if you're okay with being average, you're okay with where it is that you're at, cool. Stop bitching, moaning, groaning, and complaining about it then. Say, you know what? I'm, I'm happy coasting right now. I don't want to move forward. When forward motion is the only way you can go, you can only be stagnant for so long. You can, let's just say you just hit a big growth spurt and the momentum had you a little overwhelmed. And so you just, you, you're going to pull off in, in the bay for a second. You're going to pull off in the, in, the, in the corner of the river instead of flowing downstream so things are, are moving along because you may be hitting some rapids and things are feeling a little uncomfortable. You're going to pull off and you're going to regroup. That's different. It's okay to pull off and, and, and cool your jets for a second and kind of get your, get your footing, get your sea legs and say, you know what? All right, now I, now I see where it is that I'm going. I, I've got my processes worked out. Do I want to continue going down this stream or do I need to jut off to the left, jut off to the right? Is this the direction that I really want to go? Don't start paddling back upstream to go backwards because once you expand, you can't go back in the box. Once you outgrow the box it is that you're in, you can never go back. So if you're okay with being stagnant, you're okay with the status quo, cool, but no, your growth, you listening to this podcast is making you grow. You're not going to stay there long. And you're, you're going to start feeling suffocated. You're going to start feeling like you're being closed in on because your soul wants to expand. It's like, hey, you are bigger and better than where it is that you're at. And it's time to move. Whether that's physically moving your location moving out of the state that you've always lived in, moving out of the city that you've always lived in, move somewhere else. Get out and see the world. Go outside. There is so much to see. There's so much to do. You think that that's the best, like where you grew up is great. There's no place on earth that could be better than where you're at. Well, how do you know until you travel out, outside where you're at to know whether there's a better place? I knew. Alabama was not the place for me because there was nothing but hurt and pain there for me. And I knew that if I didn't get out, I would die. Now, if you grew up in this happy little circle, this happy little bubble, you may not feel the urge to go anywhere else. But let me tell you something. You get on Instagram and you start scrolling and you see all these other beautiful places that you'd like to go. When you get on that plane and you step off in another country and you see how another lifestyle lives, you're going to be like, damn, Gina. Maybe I do need to change. Maybe I do need to get out more. Maybe I do need to experience a, a, a different lifestyle. Maybe I do need to experience a different culture. 
This world is big and it's beautiful and it's meant to be traveled. It's meant to be experienced. Stop getting ready. Be ready. Be ready for change. Be ready for the challenges. Be ready for new experiences. Be ready for an extraordinary life because that's all part of it. You are the only one that can determine that though. Nobody else can determine that for you. But if you always say you're getting ready, you're never going to be ready. If you let your negative habitual thoughts continue to get you habitual negative results and you don't do anything to change, you give up your right to bitch moan and groan about it because you chose to stay there. You have to change the way you think. You, get, you got to. If you want a better life, you are where you are because of how you think. You want a better life, you got to think different. It's just the, the, the facts. I love you guys so freaking much. You have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you do. I tell you how much I love you each and every week. But I just know how important it is for you to feed your mind and feed your soul and to grow. I talk about it in my self-awareness checkup all the time. The eight major areas of life. You got to know where you're at. Are you a one? Where it just really fucking sucks? Are you a five where it's like, eh? That's, I, I call the five zone like your hovering zone. You've just kind of got stagnant and you're, you're okay with the five. It's not bad enough to really pressure you to change, but it's not good enough to make you think that it sucks bad enough that you have to change. That's your, that's your bubble. When you... If you're below a five, you're, you're really starting to feel the pressures. When you're just above a five, you realize that there can be more, even though you may not quite be sure what that more is or how to get it. But your curiosity is, is ignited. And now you want to know more. You're wanting to figure out more. There's something about curiosity that plays into all of this. I'm gonna, I want to talk about that for just a minute curiosity will help you grow. Think about when we were kids or if you had, if you're, you're a parent, I'm, I'm a parent and a, and a grandparent. Kids, especially young ones, when they first start talking, they're asking questions. They're always asking questions. They're so curious. They want to know why. When you tell them no, why? When you tell them yes, why? <laughs> when you tell them you're going somewhere, why? When you tell them you're going to get something to eat, why? When you tell them they have to eat a particular thing, why? Everything is why. But as we get older, we're told, and we even tell our children this, no fault, no blaming. Stop asking questions. Stop asking why. Because I said so. You just crushed their curiosity. Curious people make more money. Curious people have a thirst for life. They have a thirst for knowledge. They have a thirst to win at life. They have this gift. And if we stifle it, they feel suffocated. They're like, okay, well, my thoughts, my questions aren't important. I am not important enough to have my questions answered. Think about that for a second. Did you ever feel like that was maybe the first time that you didn't feel like you were good enough? Was it when somebody told you to stop asking, asking questions? That's not important. That's not important to you. That shouldn't be important to you. 
Nobody can answer that question for you. If you ask a question and you want to know why it's important to you, don't you ever let anybody tell you that's not important to you. If your children are asking you a question, it is important to them that they find out the answer. Don't tell them that it's not important. It is important. It's frustrating for you because your mind is somewhere else and you don't want to focus on what it is that they want, but you're crushing their spirit and you're telling them that they're not good enough. You're telling them that what they want to know is not important, which, which plants the seed that they themselves are not important. How do you feel about that? Like that's a reality. We plant these seeds in our kids at a very young age. Yes, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I understand as a parent, we have these great, big, huge, busy lives. We have so much on our plate. We're trying to work. We're cleaning the house. We're helping the kids with homework. We're taking care of the husband. We're taking care of our friends. As women, we're the ultimate people pleaser. We can multitask and do 15 fucking things at one time. And we forget to take care of ourselves. So when somebody's asking us questions, we can't focus on their question because we've got 9 million other things that we're trying to focus on. And to us, that's not on the, on the top of our priority list. Answering a five-year-old's questions, that's not important. I call bullshit. That five-year-old's question is the most important question to him. And if he is one of the most important people in your life, then that should be the most important question that you have to answer today. Habitual thoughts create habitual results. Do you want to cultivate a habitual thought in your child that he's not important, that his questions are not important, that he's not good enough to get an answer at the age of five? What's that look like at 15? What's that look like at 25? What's that look like at 45? Do you want to know that having that habitual thought, that seed planted at the age of five, that's going to be magnified each and every year? because he's, he or she is now going to start attracting people in their life to prove that is a fact, to prove that they're not important, to prove that their questions are not good enough, that they're not good enough. We are where we are because of how we think. Our children are where they are because of the seeds that we plant in them at an early age. And so moms, new moms to be, I'm going to plant this seed for you right now too. Everything that you think while you are pregnant with your child goes into their DNA. Everything that you think as a pregnant mother, every conversation that you have as a pregnant mother gets implanted in your child's DNA before they ever brought into this world. If you and your husband or spouse or significant other baby daddy have an argument about whether or not to have that child while you're pregnant, that thought of I'm not wanted goes into their DNA and you have to unwind that when they start having issues as a child and a young adult because they felt not wanted coming into this world. Think about that for a second. We have to stop getting ready. We have to be ready. When things happen, be ready. When opportunities come, be ready. Be open to change. Be open to challenges. Be open to your curiosity. Be open to receiving the blessings. Be open to receiving the opportunities. Be open to receiving the questions. Be open to giving the answers. Be open to loving unconditionally. 
be open to being loved unconditionally. Stop putting conditions on people's love. Stop putting conditions on loving somebody else. And I say that because I had somebody ask me a very specific question that they were going through on their birthday. I'm not going to say who she is because I think sometimes she listens to my podcast. Uh, so I'm not going to give her name out. But it was her birthday. She was having problems with her brother. It was her half brother. They had not had a relationship. Their dad had done all of the children basically the same way. And when she reached out trying to find her brother and she found him, he wasn't ready to cultivate a relationship with her. It was still very new to him. It brought up a lot of pain points for him, which had nothing to do with her. It had everything to do with their father. All of her pain points had nothing to do with her brothers. It had everything to do with their father. He reached out to her a, few, a couple of years later, wanted to have a conversation, wanted to start cultivating a relationship. She got pissed off because he wanted to do that because he didn't want to do it. It wasn't that he didn't want to. He wasn't ready. If he's not ready, it's going to turn out bad. He was getting ready. I understand there is a, there's a point in time when you are getting ready and that makes sense. But you are at the same time, you have to be ready. He had no idea that he had a sister. That was a total shock and threw him off his game. He was not ready to have a conversation with somebody that was his blood relative that he knew nothing about. He had to get ready. And then when he was ready, she decided she wasn't ready. And she was pissed off that he was ready when she wasn't. She was loving him with conditions. She would only love him under her conditions, which I called bullshit on. She was ready. And then she decided because he was ready, she wasn't. Their pain points were the same person and had nothing to do with each other. And I, I will preface this. When we had that conversation, I knew it was her birthday. And I was like, are you sure you're asking me this question? Because I'm going to need permission to give you my answer because I know what I have to say is going to make you mad. And I don't want to add any anger to you on your birthday. I want it to be as peaceful and as happy as you want it to be. There are points in time when you're going to be hit with something that feels out of place, that feels like a shock, that feels, feels unwanted maybe, feels undeserving on some level, feels undeserving. I, I, I'm not sure what that, like I said, I'm, I'm struggling for a word to fit what it is that I'm thinking right now, but there's going to be times when things don't make sense and you're not going to be ready. And I get that. And you have to make the determination, make the decision at that point in time. Is this something that I want to get ready for? Is this something that I want to possibly be ready for at a later time? Is this something that I'm supposed to have in my life or is this something from a past manifestation that's now showing itself to me and I've moved on from that and I don't want it to be a part of my future? You have to make that determination. Am I going to get ready to accept this or am I going to be ready and accept it now? You can have places of, get, of getting ready, but you can't live in getting ready. I'm going to say that again. You can have points in time where you're getting ready because there may be a growth period. You may have to learn something new. You may have to do some healing in order to be ready for something more. And while you're getting ready, the whole soul intent is, I know that I have to do X, Y, and Z. And when I hit X, Y, and Z, I know that I will be ready. Maybe if I do it right, 
I can do X and I can do Y and I'll be ready before Z ever happens and I'll be cultivating the Z, but I'll be open to whatever the opportunity is when it comes. And I hope that makes sense. That was just like a direct download that I got to put in there right now. So like I said, there's going to be times when you're getting ready, but even while you're getting ready, be ready. There's going to be times when you're getting ready for the next step, but be ready because you are ready. If you're taking the steps to be ready for something, you are more ready than what you believe you are. I will tell you consciously, I was not sure that I was ready to make a move all the way across the country to California. But spiritually, God's source, higher power, inner being, let me know that I was ready. So mentally, I had to tell myself, you know what? My ass is fucking going to California. I don't care that I don't have a job. I've not done any research. I don't know what it costs to live there. I don't have anywhere to live. I don't know anybody, but I'm going. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when I get there, everything's going to work out and my life is going to be fucking amazing. I was right. Did I have doubts creep in along the way? Absolutely. I face them head on and I'm like, I'm not listening to this. I'm not going to cultivate those doubts. I'm not going to cultivate the negativity. I'm not going to cultivate the habitual thoughts of this isn't going to work because that is going to give me a habitual result of this not working. I cultivated the habitual thought of, I know this is going to work out for me and everything is going to be amazing. And I got the habitual result of everything working out for me. And this is freaking amazing. You are where you are because of how you think. And even though you're getting ready for this new opportunity, you're getting ready for this new job, you're getting ready for this new relationship, you're getting ready for this new spiritual realm that you're fixing to step off into. You're getting ready for this new place to live. You're getting ready for this new social life that you're cultivating. You're getting ready for the new financial freedom that you're fixing to step off into. But I'm also ready when it comes. I'm learning and I'm growing. And so when it happens, I will be ready. I don't know when that be ready moment is going to come. But no matter when it comes, whether I think I'm ready or not, I'm jumping on the opportunity and I'll figure it out as I go along. Listen to that again. I'm going to work on my getting ready. I'm teaching myself and I'm learning because I know that financial freedom is coming. I know that new job is coming. I know that new place to live is coming. I know that I may be moving to a new state or a new country. I know that I'm going to be traveling more. I know that my social life is picking up. I know that I'm cultivating a new spiritual life and I'm going to be taking myself to new realms. When that happens, I will be ready because I'm always in this space of learning. I'm always in this space of growing. So I know I will be ready when that time comes, but I'm not going to cultivate the thought of I have to get ready first. I'm always getting ready, so I will be ready when it happens. I'm always getting ready, so I will be ready when it happens. I'm going to say yes when the opportunity comes. I'm not going to sit back and say, no, I have to get ready. I've been waiting for this to happen. I've been growing for this to happen. I've been learning for this to happen. Now I'm ready. I may still have some more to learn, but I'm ready. Those are the most powerful words that you can tell yourself. Create your habits, create your thoughts to reflect your destiny. 
not your history. Create, I'm going to say that again, create the habits of thought. Create the habits of learning. Create the habits of being ready so that when the opportunity comes, your habits will match your opportunity and you will cultivate a habit of success. You will cultivate a habit of winning. You will cultivate a habit of happiness. You will cultivate a happiness. Um, you will cultivate a happiness of growing. You will cultivate a, ha- a habit of spiritual enlightenment. You will cultivate a habit of financial freedom. You will cultivate a professional life that you aspire to have. You will cultivate children that are, that know their worth, know that they're wanted, know that they're important and know that their curiosity is important and know that asking questions is the best thing that they could ever do. I hope that this podcast resonated with you. I want to give a huge shout out to all of my listeners, no matter what platform it is that you're listening on, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcast, Breaker, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, all of you guys, Google Podcast. I love you to the moon and back. I so appreciate you. And all my podcorn people, man, y'all are the bomb.com. Y'all are kicking ass right now. Guys, I have over 300 subscribers in podcorn alone. I like that's the one that I can see my my uh my stats on. So I know that one. I have no idea how many I have on Apple Podcast. I think I've got like either eight or 10 comments on there and, and ratings. So if you guys have not yet done that, make sure you hit that follow button or hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast, whatever podcast platform you are listening to me on. If there is an availability to leave me a comment, please do that. I would love to interact with you and respond to your comment. I love that. Please search for me on all social media. We can hang out somewhere other than on this podcast. Uh, just hit the hashtag Callie Tammy or search Tammy Loftus and I will pop up on all social media right there. If you have not run out and got my book yet, please do so. It is called Dear Victim. It's time for us to break up now. I am getting phenomenal reviews. People are saying that it is making a difference in their life and I would love to help do that with you too. Uh, Search for it on Amazon. You could just type in Tammy Loftus and it will pop right up and I will see you guys next week. Bye-bye now.